My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life, her ways wander, and she does not know it. And now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for a lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he is led astray. I'm sure most of us have asked the question, why is it that issues between men and women, issues of self-control, issues of uh, self-discipline and pain, as well as the pleasure of good company and of a good relationship, but the pain that people experience um, and the, the place where people are so likely to fall into things they don't want and also into things that are sinful is in the area of the desires between men and women. This Proverbs 5 is basically all about this. It ends by saying this, the iniquities of the wicked ensnare him and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline and because of his great folly, he is led astray. And there's all these descriptions about what your life is going to be like if you don't listen to wisdom when you're young. And you know, each stage of life has different temptations. You know, when you're a child, it's it's generally speaking going to be that you won't listen to your parents. You think you know everything. You you won't listen and so you make a lot of mistakes. When you are a young man or woman, the 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 temptation is to spend your youthful energy on foolish things and on on spending too much time uh, with the opposite sex, with with looking at boys, looking at girls and and sort of 
appreciating that attention. And as you get older, those temptations change. Those ones move, make way for being afraid about money, being afraid about your um, health, being afraid about death, uh, all these kinds of things in order. Uh, but here he says about this son, he says, don't depart from these words. Keep your way far away from this uh, this temptation, this temptress talking to a son. And don't go near the door of her house. This is one of the issues in the scriptures that he doesn't say resist. Uh, you know, when someone is coming on to you, when someone is trying to entice you, when a woman is trying to get your attention, or the opposite would be true for uh, for men as well. He doesn't say, you know what, just be strong. In every case throughout the scriptures, he's like, just stay far, far away. Stay away. And if you're in a situation like the, there's a famous passage where young Joseph is being seduced by Potiphar's wife, who's a, probably a beautiful and rich woman, and and he literally runs. He actually just starts running away from her. And this is a great example that you may feel like an idiot in the moment if you excuse yourself or if you run away or if you just say, no, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't go over there and help with that or whatever it might be. But you're going to feel real stupid if you stay because the strength may not be given to you because wisdom is that you stay away. Wisdom is not that you go and then be strong. Wisdom is that you stay away from these temptations. So he says, keep your way far away from her and don't even go near the door of her house. She's like, hey, my rug is broken. Hey, my um, my chamber pot needs emptying. Um, my horse, I, I, I didn't, I, I need to change the, uh, you know, I'm thinking of what it would be back in those days. I need to change the, uh, there's a rock stuck in the shoe of my horse. You know, my, my servant uh, couldn't make it in time. Could you bring some water over? And he's saying, don't even go close to that door. Don't even go to her house. For no reason should you enter that house. And he says, lest you should give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. There's a lot of reasons why people would want you to become entangled with them. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. That means I hated to discipline myself. I hated the discipline of my parents. I hated just being a disciplined person. And my heart hated when someone would tell me not to do something. I hate it despised reproof. And despise doesn't exactly just mean hate like we sort of think of it in English. Despise means I just don't think of it as much. You know, to despise something is to be like, eh, that's just a little, that's just a little, that's your opinion. You know, I hated, I despised reproof when it was given to me. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers, verse 13, or incline my ear to my instructors. I'm at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Now, let's get real. You know, this is the same now as it was back then. There may be different social structures. There may be different kinds of consequences. But I've known in my lifetime many people, a good chunk of people who have suffered from this very thing in the form of, you know, having a child outside of wedlock, having a child and then facing the wrath of the state in terms of collecting child support payments. In some cases, uh, when, when a person is poor, when you're generally undisciplined, 
in the first place, then you're not really holding down a job. You're not really able to even support that family and you should have actually had no business even looking at someone of the opposite sex in that sense. You should just avert your eyes and say, hey, that's not for me unless I'm able to provide a space and provide um, materially for that woman, if you're a man, and, and therefore assuming that of course a child's going to come out of this. I mean, what's the chances that that's not going to happen, especially all the way up until 1950, 1960, when, when uh, at the, for the first time ever, there was somewhat reliable birth control. But for all of the human experience, of course a child's going to come into it. You don't think that's going to happen? You don't think of that right in the moment, but it's so obvious that that is going to be a very high probability that you're going to have a child in there. So you have these guys undisciplined in the first place that's why they got into trouble not holding down jobs the state comes after you for uh for um child support as well as of course the pressure from families and social pressure in general and you may not even be able to pay it and now this is not only one person i know in my, in my own life this is multiple people now you're stuck because even though you want to overcome you have like backed up penalties and backed up payments and and it's really really hard to break through this, even if there's love involved, even if you love those kids, even if you, you, you try your best to be at peace. He says, um, at the end of your life, you groan. Your labors are going into someone's house. Strangers are taking their fill of your strength. And he says, here's the opposite. Here's what you want to do. Drink water from your own cistern flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. And let your fountain be blessed. And now fountain is a euphemism for a certain body part saying you're going to enjoy that wife of your youth. Verse 18. Don't spread your energy all over the place. Don't spread your um, work and your power and your strength and, and all these things of your, all these, the strength of your youth, you know, giving your honor to others, your years to the merciless. Instead, dig that cistern, dig that well that's, that's finding that wife and taking care of her. Let her satisfy you and don't look to the left or the right and don't go to other women's doorsteps. Let that water flow from your own well where your neighbor is not, uh, has no claim on your wife and you have no claim on her wife. There's no problem relationally. There's been an agreement, a social agreement. That's why what one of the important parts about marriage is that the whole culture and the whole society says, okay, these two belong together. And so no one has any claim that there's a problem here. Um, and, and, and the force, and this is one of the issues that Christians have recognized for thousands of years, the force of um, the energy between a man and a woman is a deep, deep uh, thing to understand. It has to do with the most basic forces of nature, the, the forces that hold atoms together and the forces that cause planets to spin around each other and for stars to explode and and for electricity to you know for the the lightning to come from the cloud to the to the earth and it's the same power and energy that is happening i mean you know 
the same in in a sense this power and energy of the positive and the negative that is coming together to create something amazing when you put a man and a woman together ultimately the most beautiful thing you're creating which we may have lost at this point this, this understanding you're actually creating another human life and we may be in the first one or two generations that doesn't quite understand this. When these forces come together, a new life which never existed before, a new person is actually created from the amazing energy that took place in that union. And so we dare not disrespect that energy. And so it may seem as though it's, it's freedom. This is what this sort of uh, wandering... Um, revolution that has taken place it may seem that you now have freedom to control what's going on in your life and you're not bound by the uh, social structures of marriage and you're not bound by uh, thinking that you might uh, bring a child into the world when you weren't planning on it but in fact you, you're not achieving freedom you're you're not understanding the power of what you're doing and that's where when we take God's perspective the, this, uh, this power between a man and a woman is something to be basically revered. It's something to understand as something holy. It's something that is not to be casually entered into. But when you do enter into that intentionally with, with um, purpose and with commitment and with a covenant and with the, the agreement of, of the, uh, the community and, and the, the family and that you actually form a new family and you even, you even unite your in-laws together into this new family by your union. And then you bring forth the new life of a child in most cases, unless there's a, a physical problem then you can actually appreciate what goes on there in those private places when your fountain is blessed and you're blessed with children. You actually respect that power. You get to understand that power in a far greater way and you grow into maturity in that. So I, I hope that that's true for you. I hope that you're not suffering and groaning because of those mistakes. But even if you are, you can be a great... Uh, you know, you can bring a great message to others to walk in this wisdom. But if you're young and this is part of your temptations, you need to know at the end of your life, you're going to say, I don't want to die for lack of discipline. You don't want to be the person whose great folly led you astray. Take control, self-control over yourself. Don't even go near that live wire that can just kill you by grabbing onto it. You need to respect that electricity. You need to respect that fire. You need to respect that natural force, which is uh, so powerful. And when you do, you can use that force the way God intended it to in its powerful, uh, in its power and its awesomeness. God bless you.